Welcome, Mage. I'm Papa Mage. And I'm Rhino. And welcome to the Extreme Casual MTG Podcast. On this podcast, we are going to be talking about what is the value of premium wafer-thin colored cardboard rectangles with rounded corners. Yes, you guessed it. What's the value of the Magic the Gathering cards? We're going to go through five stages of realization about the value of Magic the Gathering cards. And uh, we're going to start out with number five, the brand new, extremely new player. What are they most interested in when they are first introduced to the cards? And what is that one thing that you can think of right off the top of your head? It is not the rarity. No, it isn't. Well, you know, we have taught a lot of players in the in the past, a lot of new players. And the things that come up as being the most valuable thing for them is things like the artwork, the fact that the card is a foil, um, that it has interesting game mechanics. Um, it could even be... Uh, some of the flavor text on the cards, but it has nothing to do with how rare the actual card is. Rhino has a, a quick story about uh, a few years back when he taught Magic the Gathering at Scout Camp. Yeah. So when I was at Scout Camp, uh, there was this little shack. Not in the woods. And... It was actually the nature... Nature Lodge. The Nature Lodge. And Wizards of the Coast... Uh, I asked Wizards of the Coast... Uh, can you send us... Some welcome packs? They sent, like, a, a big crate of them. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. And I, uh, the new players, uh, they said, wow, this unsummon is really overpowered. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, as you as you know, uh, most of the welcome decks they're they're not really they're, there's no power, there's no super valuable cards in there. But to a new player that hasn't seen these cards before, some of those were really really important to them, and they would trade for some of these cards, which I, I thought was a little, a little amazing. Yeah. Now we've done uh, other events. Uh, and we'll get to one of those in a, in a moment where we kind of locked in, locked them into this, this, uh, group and they, they ended up trading. But, uh, so the new player, uh, often just gravitates towards the artwork and really it's the artwork I think is the number one thing. Um, interesting mechanics uh, becomes the next thing when they start realizing that, hey, you know, this is a card that can really screw around with the rules. Uh, that's what they like. 
Um, so number four is that average player stage. Basically, after they've been playing for about three months to maybe six months. So what are they looking for in valuable cards? What they're looking for is something to upgrade their deck. That's what I think. Yeah. So, yeah, and it seems that that, that seems to be true. Um, you know, you get some of these new players that, yeah, if, if you've been around them for several weeks, they start getting into that, that sort of upgrade mode. But uh, a lot of times a, a new player takes, takes a couple of months. Um, and so they're looking for things that have a low converted mana cost, also known as mana value now. Uh, they're looking for cards that have more than one effect on them. Uh, they're interested in you know, planeswalkers, uh, yeah, maybe some janky combos sort of things, uh, and uh, they they really uh, they get into that trading mode. And uh, yeah, we had an event, a pretty big event that we did uh, at a camp called Lazy Days. And uh, we taught uh, 27 new players there. Yeah. We had them you know, somewhat captivated for about a, uh, a week. And when we taught them, we gave them um, these uh, half decks. And we put those half decks together. And then they learned how to play with them. And then they started upgrading them. And once they learned, they ended up getting a pack. And you know, Wizards of the Coast sent us... Uh, booster box uh, at the time, uh, a couple booster boxes to give away to these new players. So they would get a pack, they would open up that pack, they would see these new cards in there, and like, woo! And, and yeah. of course, it was War of the Spark, so each one had a planeswalker in it. And then you started seeing them trade back and forth because there was no game store around when we did this. And so they were in this little microcosm of of magic and i've got a story a little bit later that's uh kind of leads into the old days of magic but yeah they had to trade for these cards and it was amazing what they would trade for for some cards that were technically more expensive but they weren't looking at what was more expensive they were looking at how it could affect their deck and how it, it could make it a lot better uh, so that is kind of the average player. Now we're going to start getting into the player that's between uh, six months to a year. Um, and, you know, that's the point at which they like rarity. So uh, they start looking at the differences between resellers. Now, what's... Uh, yeah, when you when you get singles, where do you like to get your singles from? I like to get my singles at local game stores, like um, sometimes uh, Cool Stuff Inc., um, Card Sphere, and TCG Player. Those are the three main things that I can think of. Yeah, and for us, you know, we will use card sphere if we're not in a rush if we don't need to have the cards for uh, a game in next week or something like that 
if we're going to need it now, yeah, sometime in the next, yeah, couple of weeks to a month, Card Sphere is great because you can put in, hey, you know, I, I'm I'm not willing to spend that much on this card. You know, I don't know how valuable it will be to my deck. <clears throat> then uh, we'll do that. But if we need cards quickly, uh, depending on where we are, because we travel around. <laughs> Uh, we'll uh, get them from maybe Star City Games, uh, Cool Stuff Inc. Um, you know, you can use uh, Card Kingdom. A lot of times we are not, not that Card Kingdom doesn't ship out quickly. They ship out really, really quickly, but the mail <laughs> doesn't get to us that quickly. Uh, so, you know, yeah. the, these players start uh, looking at other things that they value like the speed of delivery and uh, you know how how pristine is the card we're not necessarily worried about how pristine the card is we want to know how playable is the card you know if it's been scratched up to the point where you can't even read it then we don't want the card but hey if it's got a few scratches on it fine we'll, you know we're, we're we'll take it we'll take it at 75 percent of the value or 60 percent of the value you know you know that's fine, fine by us. You know, we don't have to have that perfect, perfect card. And there's a lot of players in that mode that's they're not worried about that. Yeah, they're not in it for investment purposes. Okay, so um, we've got uh, the next level in number two is that level at which the the people start realizing and this is after playing for about a year they start realizing that when a new set comes out some of their older cards can spike in value uh, mm -hmm. so you know a new set comes out and it's like hey this this card right here would work really really well with this old card that i have and then all of a sudden yeah. mm -hmm. i it spikes up yeah so this card that you got uh, you know 20 of them for 10 cent each because hey they're kind of good in my commander deck all of a sudden they're now four dollars each yeah uh now there's also the times when you get those uh, professional or well-known uh content creators that will tout a a, a certain card and they're going to go oh wow this this card is so amazing, and this is why this card is so amazing. And then all of a sudden, everybody that watches that content creator goes, "Yes, that card's really amazing." And then what happens? It spikes up. I and goes from ten cent to ten dollars. Yeah, and it's like okay, well, you know, I I like that card. But then all of a sudden, it's just like everybody just you know pulls the cards out of the out of the market. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we, we decided to do this year with the channel that's a little different is we aren't going to buy booster packs. Yeah, uh, we're, we decided that we weren't going to buy booster boxes. You know, we, we have in the budget basically to buy a booster box each set. But this year we decided, no, we're going to try buying just the singles that we need. Mm-hmm. And so for Kaldheim, which is the, the latest set, we went through and we got almost every rare, all the uncommons, um, the commons that we really wanted, 
And how much have we spent so far? Actually, not sure. <laughs> it, 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 it's basically about $65. And, and, and um, you know, that... Uh -huh. That may change a little bit because you know we've been basically using CardSphere uh, solely for this uh, at this at this point, and you know we've got some that are still being delivered that may or may not make it. Uh, we we did have uh, you know two cards that ha haven't made it yet. That's it's been shipped over a month ago, but uh, you know we got a refund on that. Um, but uh, you know these these sorts of things. You know, with with us going through this little, we're we're just trying to see if we can do everything that we need to do in a much smarter way. And you know, a lot of players uh, want to do that. Now, before we get to number one, I got a little story, and yes. you know that story, don't you? No. <laughs> yes, you do. Okay. All right. Okay, I started playing back in 1993 when Magic the Gathering first came out. Now, uh, I was telling you about that uh, that event that we did where we taught 27 people and there was kind of like a little closed community and there was a very limited number of cards. Well, back in 93, it was pretty much like that. You know, there wasn't a lot of stores that uh, carried Magic the Gathering. There wasn't a lot of cards available. Uh, the packs back then were only $2 a pack. But uh, a lot of stores limited you to only buying one, maybe two packs a week. Because they needed to have enough packs for everybody that was interested in playing. <clears throat> and there was strange trading that was done back then. Uh, I traded you know, a swamp for a mox jet because I needed the mox jet for uh, a deck and a person said, well, you know, a swamp's the same thing. Hand me one of those. It isn't. They didn't quite understand the value. Another thing that they didn't understand the value of was the dual lands. The dual lands that don't come in tapped, that you can tap them for each, each of the two colors. The thing that I remember people saying is that they didn't like the design of the little spiral stuff that was on yeah. on the text. Yeah. And that's what they didn't like. It's ugly. It was ugly, and they didn't like the card. And most people ran monocolored decks anyway because they weren't into this uh, deck building. And so sometimes I could trade out for those uh, dual lands real cheap and uh nowadays uh we have those dual lands in commander decks and people will go you know what those are worth and it's like yeah yeah i got them out of two dollar pack it's two dollars um <laughs> so our number one is that that state at which you realize that that it mm, 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 is worth value uh, once they trade hands. Yeah, the cards have really, they have no value at all until they trade hands. If you're trading, if you're purchasing, that's when the card actually has value. 
so the dual lands that I have have no value because we're, we're probably not going to ever trade them. We need mm -hmm. them for our decks. We're going to use them in our decks. Um, yeah, there's other cards that we get that you know basically they'll shoot up in value and they'll they'll go back down. There's there's cards that I remember uh, we got uh, back when a set came out. We got a, a, you know, a play set, or we ended up getting trading for a whole bunch of them, and we, you know, they were like worth ten cent a piece. And now, since that set's been gone for so long, and so many people are using them in Commander, they're ten dollars a piece now. Uh, but you know, we have the the number that we need, and you know, so the, the card basically, you know, these it's nothing. Yeah. So what is the value of a premium wafer-thin colored cardboard rectangle with rounded corners? It's basically nothing until it trades, you know, until it changes hands. And yeah. Now, I can tell you this, that when we build decks for new players or we give them cards and we teach them the game, all of a sudden, what we gave them has an extreme amount of value. We have people that have come back to us uh, multiple times that have thanked us for getting them started and they get they get so interested in the game and being interested in the game is <clears throat> the value that they that they that they have that they hold so um, if you think that we're right if you think that we're wrong please put it in the comments uh, if you have something else that you think would make you know, would be more correct as to the value of uh, a Magic the Gathering card, put that in the comments. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to this on the podcast, go to youngmage.com and find the uh, the entry there for this podcast and you know comment there. Uh, we really like to know. We really want to get your feedback on. You know what you think the value of a Magic the Gathering card is, um, and so that's pretty much what we have for this yeah. episode. Yeah, I have more videos coming out soon. So until then, me and Papa Mage are back in the library. <laughs>